I hear sorry. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you. Welcome back. And it is the last show of the year, but believe me, it is special. Uh, and uh, so today's guest is a New York fighter in the Hall of Fame in championship. He has written a book for kids, yep. Mr. Yes. Story. You catch it at Barnes and Nobles and Amazon. Uh, and most recent, he has gotten together with the boxing community to form a nonprofit for youth, House of Champions. Please check it out, which is dedicated to offering youth programming that will create a positive impact on young people's lives. Please welcome the champ, Monty Barrett. Hey. Yeah, yeah. two guns, Monty, two guns. Thank you, Thank you for having me here. I mean, I really, it's really, really humble and I really appreciate it. We appreciate you, especially yes, all sir. the stuff that you do. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you, you, you're nice in the ring and I, I watched some of your fights and I was like, wow. But when I get, when I get super impressed is when a human mm -hmm. being takes that and brings it to another level for other yeah. human beings. And right. the work you're doing with kids, psh, uh -huh. man, man, my heart for is real. Yeah, touched. I'm very grateful. You know, yeah. I'm very grateful because you know, the, the 18 years of boxing, and mm -hmm. for me to be here in this space and not just surviving but thriving mm. is a great thing. You know, God has a a, a calling and anointing on my life, and mm -hmm. you know, uh, I now I'm more intentional about giving back. Before I didn't know what I was doing. I was just doing it because that's my that's my spirit. That's who I am. But now I'm being intentional about serving my community and helping out the best way I can. Mm, well, that we Definitely. appreciate you. Well, um, so Rich, you don't mind if I ask first. What what led you to even liking boxing? Like you know, like I was eight, I was ten, whatever. I was twenty two. Oh, <laughs> was really? Yes, I saw. I was a grown man fighting kids. They was playing. They was playing, they was playing play taste, PlayStation. I'm like, I'm gonna kick his butt. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, you started at 25, but but I mean, I thought like the first I time. I turned four at 25. I started boxing at 22. So okay. I was a natural because I was in the streets. You know, I was right. a street kid. I came from South Jamaica, Queens. You know, yes. living in the projects, the whole yes. thing. Yes. You know, um, had I had I had a, I had a um, unorthodox style of growing up. But, you know, now it's about the redemption. You know, we passed all the trauma. We're working on redemption. We, that's where I'm going. So my redemption is me getting through everything that I went through. You know, right. from when I was 16, I was in a major car accident. I was in a coma for a month and a half. My ear, I had 100, 150 stitches in my ear. I had a, a punctured lungs. I have, I have a, a hole in my chest. I had a dislocated shoulder, neck, four broken ribs. I was out. My cousin was driving drunk and he hit a drunken driver. <laughs> My wow. Nothing happened to neither one of them, but I was out. I was out cold a month and a half later, like uh, 60 pounds lighter. But, you know, for the most part now, I'm in a space where I am um, learning how to take all the experience that I had that wasn't positive and, right. and turn it into something even bigger and better than myself. Well, that's this is the thing. So just being in that coma and coming back from that alone already mm. set the precedence for a champ, in my opinion, to come exactly. back after right. that. 
So, so you already had something, as they say, I always say God was already watching over you. Uh, Come back from that. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I I didn't even remember that part of the story. Um, but that alone is, mm-hmm. is amazing. I know you have um, uh, a lot of your past that I think translate to helping the kids today in a big mm-hmm. way. Um, yeah. Can you share with us um, how you got led to, to well, not just the boxing, but then later to helping other youth and saying, wait a minute, and having that moment where you're like, wait, I can t- turn all this pain into something good for somebody else. Okay, so basically, when I was younger, I used to be a, I used to dream and do a lot of dreaming and saying one day I was going to be rich and famous and, you know, I was going to help kids and I wanted to have a platform because my mother, what she did, she gave me the best gift that anybody could give their child. Every summer from the age of five or six until I was 16, a few years I didn't go, but every summer I went down south to Greenville, North Carolina and spent mm-hmm. the summer with my grandparents. Mm-hmm. And that was a blessing because, you know, you know, in New York, everything is so fast. The pace is fast. Your fridge and during the summer, you is a, is a bad time for kids because, the, you know, nobody's there to regulate you. Right. right. So every summer from the age of five or six until 16, when I stopped going or 17, one of my friends got hit by a car. One of my friends got his eye shot out with a BB gun. One of my friends got bit by a dog. One of my friends got arrested. One got shot. One got stabbed. I could have been that statistic. I could have been that one. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. So, you know, her sending me to my grandparents, you know, when the South, you got to be courteous. You got to be respectful. You got to go to church. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, my grandparents kept me in like a, a boys and girls club. And I got a chance to grow up not too fast, but enjoy life as a kid. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Yeah. That is, that's, yeah. And that's wow. what led to what I want to do now, because I always had the space where I was like, that changed my life. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, you know, going, being in that space of support mm-hmm. with my grandparents in, in the Boys and Girls Club that I was involved in. So I was like, you know, I wanted and I always had that feeling like, you know, now I've always been a giver. You know, I was involved in a, a movement with the coalition and I got over 4,000 people jobs in my neighborhood. Mm. Like I said, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't being intentional. I was making money because I was working, but I did a good thing. Now right. I'm being intentional about setting it straight and working and, and helping these kids, you know, with support, with direction, right. you know, with obedience, with discipline, with sports, with education. Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Rich, you yeah. had a question? Yeah, I wanted to say, Monty, like, um, you're one of the boxers. You, Zab Judah, uh, Riddick Bowe, because Riddick Bowe has done some charity work too, but you're one of the boxers that, you know, outside of Ali and, and that generation, that proves that that boxers are more than just people, more than just guys that get in the ring and throw punches. There's so much more to boxers, and there's a reason why people love boxers, because boxers, I remember Jim Lampley said, uh, life is a fight, and boxers are a metaphor of that fight. Right. And so, what I what I see you doing because I know a lot of your history. You know, me and you corresponded a lot. And um, right. when I was a boxer, you was somebody that I watched. Um, so I know a lot of your history, the trauma that you've been through. Like, how does it feel being a public figure who is an example of fighting past the odds and coming out mm-hmm. of the hood and, well, and, and doing I, I great get, things? I get this question 
from a lot of my friends in my, my old neighborhoods and people that I just run across. And they say, you know, how do you feel about this? And I said, how am I supposed to feel? This is my life. This is what God gave me. And I don't know anything else. This is my feeling, you know. But I, I understand the question is a rhetorical question because they're looking at they looking from the outside, right? right? I'm I'm a spiritual being. I didn't right. I didn't have that connection when I was younger because I didn't know. Right. But now, right. as I got older, uh, 2014 when I retired, I I was introduced to Christ in 2000, mm -hmm. and you know you go you you learn things as you go. You learn things as you go. But in 2014 or uh, 13 when I retired. Um, I said, I'm going to be intentional about uh, building a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say it's easy because it ain't nothing easy, especially as a Christian. You know? right. But at the same yeah. time, it's a process. And the same thing, like my life is a process. And everything that, I, that I've been through has got me prepared for everything I'm about to go through. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Through. That's yeah. the part. Everything I yeah. went through is preparing me for what I'm going through about yeah. to go through. Uh, and yeah. I believe that with your, um, with your, well, we call it, well, your nonprofit, because uh, I always mm -hmm. say training, training camp. So, but I guess it's a little bit of that, uh, but your nonprofit, uh, your past experience is phenomenal because it does help and yeah. because kids come in, especially when there is, if they're in inner cities um, and, you know, if they're in, you know, any, any kind of neighborhood, but specifically mm -hmm. you're able to wean out the kids who are really suffering with trauma, abuse, um, whatever else they're not telling people, that boxing and that the, the things that you train them there for, the mindset, the spiritual, the whole parts of it, not mm -hmm. just, oh, we're going to fight. No, that's not it. It's not about that. Mm -hmm. It's everything. How, how are we treating ourselves? How are we mentally, spiritually? Right. Those, those gifts are so crucial for young people because they don't often know how to process and so yeah. if they have one thing, whether that's basketball, mm -hmm. a, you know, a place to go to every day to mm -hmm. vent and to talk to people that they trust, believe it or not, that can actually save or change a life. Well, our mm -hmm. community have a generational curse as far as the way we deal with situations, right? And a lot of us, the era I grew up in, you had to learn how to fight to be, to hold your own. Now kids don't fight because they, we don't have a community like we used to have, so they shoot and they kill, right? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. when you have a boxing, which is a man's sport, and you have that much confidence within yourself that you can defend yourself at any given time, you are like a lethal weapon. You could hurt somebody. Mm -hmm. The majority of the time, you back away from situations because you're like, oh, I know what I could do, right? right. And right. that's the confidence that like, I built alongside in boxing. I was already confident before boxing, but boxing took me to that next level. Guys would come up to me just playing, like busting my chops, like, yo, man, I think I could knock you out. And I said, yeah, you probably could if you get a lot of money and a good promoter, we could find <laughs> out. Because I, I, like, come on, like, you know, maybe they might be looking for some trouble or whatever, but I got that much confidence in myself. I'm not going to be like, what? You think you could knock me out? Like, no, I'm going I'm, I'm to make it a humorous thing and we're going to laugh about it and keep it moving. Mm -hmm. And you know, right. and that and that comes with obedience. Yes. That comes with discipline, mm -hmm. right? That comes with structure. And the more so a boxing for me is support. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes as kids and as young adults, we don't have the support that we need to get and get the guidance to go in the right direction. And just like when I was uh when I had the car accident and when I turned 18, I got some money 
from the settlement and um people were like you do this do that do this and a bum on the street had told me he gave me the best advice right mm -hmm. but as a kid i'm looking at him I'm like you're a bum you got a you got a bottle in your hand right. and that's what i'm saying like you can never judge people because everybody has their own story mm -hmm. some people know how to tell a story as myself and some people don't want to tell a story and some people uh don't uh uh can't um materialize a story into words mm -hmm. like, right, i'm right. blessed and i'm highly favored i'm one of god's favorite mm -hmm. and i know what I, just my life is a, i'm a living testimony of the goodness yeah. and mercy of god and i want to be able to in my in my nonprofit, i want to be able to share that with the kids that I'm going to come in contact with, because you never know. I might be talking to the next Barack Obama, the next Jesse mm -hmm. Jackson, exactly. the next Brandon Jacobs. You know, exactly. you, you yeah. know who is there, right? Mm. And that's and that's where my heart is. My heart is helping. My, I've always been mm -hmm. a giver. I've been a helper. Right, mm. right. Mm. And, and and I see that because, you know, and I, and I do want to get back to that advice that that the homeless man gave you, but I also wanted to say that. I'm glad that the kids are getting a chance to see you because, you know, me working, Tanya and I were colleagues in the field of human services. And I know that a lot of people call the young kids wannabe gangsters and, you know, they're trying to prove something. But the reality is when I talk to these children and I counsel these children, I find that a lot of them have been abused, hurt. And so when, when there's no adult there to give them a hug and tell them that, that they see greatness in them, it's easy for them to pick up a gun. It's easy for a gangbanger to to consume them and suck them into that world because they're like they're not getting love in the world that they were born into. Seeing mm -hmm. somebody like 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 a Monty Barrett who comes from the hood and who grew up in New York when New York was New York. really dangerous. It was, yeah. it was, it was right, right, right. It was it was pre Giuliani. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. So that time that you grew up in New York, that's when I was there. You know what I'm saying? That's that's well, that's what I remember. Mm -hmm. And so when I used to see you and Zab, that made me say, I want to work towards that. So I started boxing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And um, but seeing exactly. a seeing a Monty Barrett is what people need to see more. Like you know what exactly. I mean is they always put gangster rappers on TV, but yeah. you don't put the, the Monty Barretts out there. But you know what, everything has its timing. Like Zab father was a mentor to me, mm -hmm. right? And that's how I became like a big brother to him and his brothers. Me and Zab, we ain't talking right now. We we going through the brother a argument, you know. But we 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 figuring out like we always do. But excuse me, do either you know Jay? Jay who? I don't know. I know I know like I got like ten Jays in my phone. There's so a guy here named J A Y E. I don't know who he is. Just oh, Jay, Big Jay. Yeah, that's my guy. That's, that's he wants to come guy. on. He wants to come on for a second. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's one of my guys from from okay. from Columbia, South Carolina. Right. Yeah, that's my guy. Hey, Jay, we had to make hey, sure we had to, we had to give the official security. Yeah, I, said, I, said, I know like ten Jays. I said, this I was like, Jay. She, she your name. I said, oh, that's my guy. That's Jay. Yeah, what's good, fam? <laughs> yeah, sorry, but, sorry to interrupt you, Monty. Hi, Jay. Hey, up, how Jay? are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. So yeah. So I was saying. So Zap Father was like a mentor to me, and then he was like, you know, him and I. When my first Golden Glove fight, Zab was fighting. He was only fifteen and sixteen at that time, and. His father was like, yo, I want to talk to you, you know, let's, so we talked like a, a week later and his father was like, I know how you, I know who you are in the street. I know how you move and I respect you and I, res and I respected him big time. So he was like, yo, 
I want you to keep an eye on my boys for me. And then, you know, Zab and and Danielle, and um, you know, Zab and Danielle, I think Josiah here and there, start spending the night in my house. And Zab was scared of the dog. He came knocking on the door. Can I sleep in the bed with you and your wife? Because I'm scared of the dog. <laughs> he was scared of the dog, but you know, that's a whole nother story. But um, you know, then you know, so um that's how that's how him and I game, you know, I, I hung out with all of all the brothers. I became their big brother. Wow. Well, that's amazing. Um, I, I like the relationship you two have. I was watching some footage and I was like that. I mean, how many people in your field like you get to hang out with, you do things, break bread with and help people with like, that's amazing. Well, we no competition to, we won, at all. We won the golden gloves together and mm -hmm. um, he got, he got the fighter of the other, um, other golden gloves. And I got the fighter of the year in New York. And then um, we won. We 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 won a couple of tournaments together. But then we fought on the same card. He when he fought Corey Spinks the second time, I fought on back for the number one spot for yep. um, the, the WBA, WB, the w, IBF, WBO, and WBC was mm -hmm. number two. And um, but me and Zab bonded because the first time he rode on the plane, he was um, he was scared. He asked me, "Can you hold my hand?" Because he said. <laughs> He's gonna get you. I'll tell you that. He's gonna he's get like, you. He said, "I never flew before." <laughs> so he said, "Can you hold my?" He said, "Can, can you hold my hand?" I said, "Sure, I'll hold your hand." And I just, you know, I patted him on the back. I said, "It's gonna be okay." <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna get you after this show. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's all it's love. I, I love him. He's, he's he's like he's my brother. We like I said, we go. We 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 get over what we're dealing with. What happened to V? My, my wife just threw a um. <laughs> She threw something at me. She, she threw many, many I was like, stop it. So, Warning. But I, you know what? <laughs> I want to get back to that to that advice that um yes, that the, the homeless that, man gave that, you. That the homeless man gave gave you because you said he gave you the best advice. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And I didn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> did you mind telling us what he told you? He just told me, he said, listen, he said. He said, um, he's, it was something about annuity funds and it was something about the market was just changing because this was in 1989. Mm -hmm. and he was like, and he, he, you know, he was watching the market and he said, I think you should invest in this, that and the other, put a couple of dollars away here and there. But, you wow. know, I had everybody in my pockets and my family like, I need this, I need that. I, you know, so I was like, okay, you know, you always want to make the family happy. But he gave me the best advice. Mm -hmm. His name was uh, Charlie, you know, mm -hmm. and he, um, he was, Charlie? He was, yep, yep. Charlie, Charlie the Chaser. Wow. <laughs> wow. I wonder whatever happened to him. Wow. Well, he was he was um he was my aunt. He 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 had rented a room in my aunt's house. Really? So I like you know, but he, so him and I he used to always talk to me because I, wow. I used to live in my aunt's house when I was young as well. Okay. So that's how I knew him. But he was you know, he pulled me over to the side one day and he said, Marty, he said, you know, I know you you about to go through some money, but you know, I want you to tell you, man. You know, get, get involved with the market, and it's a lot going on. This is 1989. If wow. I listened, I would probably been a billionaire by now. You know, listen, if we yeah. all would have listened in the 80s to them stock tips, we would. Exactly. Because I, I, even That's when I model, I should have listened to someone, right. a big and investor, you, and, I, and I was like, I ain't doing that. But you think about it, right? Now I'm broke. I was judging him. I was judging. I knew Charlie. He always been a drunk, and that's fine, right? But everybody has a past, and everybody yeah. passes and bad. So within his life he knew something because he always read the paper and he mm -hmm. always was he was always at the corner store 
always yeah. looking, you know, reading the paper, talking to people, stuff like that. And, you know, he was, he, like I said, I, I was, I was like, um, he was in his 50s to 60s at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, wow. way more than I knew. I was, you know, I was 18 years old. Well, also, mm-hmm. one thing I learned, and Rich, you can verify this one, as a as an addiction specialist, one thing I learned, and, and working with the homeless, all kinds of populations, you name it, um, is that you never, ever judge a book by its cover, because yes. um, as soon as you do, that book changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, and then, yeah. or, uh-huh. or you read a lesson that you didn't expect, one of the yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I... Yeah. Yeah, I learned that from you're right, Tanya. I learned that from the field we we were in together, but I also learned that from the Bible. Many of the prophets didn't dress immaculate, you know. Right. Even even the Bible says Jesus didn't dress like immaculate and all of that, mm-hmm. but um, he still had a purpose, and um, that's why you know th- that's why Monty, I wanted to bring you on the show. We wanted to bring you on the show because purpose is something that I um, is see in you. And that I see you driven. And I wanted to ask you, like, when, when the hood first saw you and Zab on TV, on, on HBO fighting, how did the hood respond to y'all? Well, um, first, uh, the man, so in, I think, 1996, I did a, a New York Undercover with Shannon Briggs. Remember Shannon? I remember that. Right. So we did New York, on the, New York Undercover. I just turned pro in 96. In 95, mm-hmm. I had a lot of support from, from the hood. I'm Zab, Zab is from Brooklyn. I'm from Queens. But Zab and I, we spent a lot of time together. And mm-hmm. I think he had moved. He had, at that time, he moved to Queens when he um, first turned pro. He's living in um, somewhere, I think, in, um, in Rosedale. Yeah. But what happened was um, everybody embraced us. You know, only thing, you know, the bad thing, it's an it's a, it's a oxymoron. The bad thing is everybody want everything for free. Yes. Everybody want free tickets. The good thing yeah. is that, you know, you got those people out there that, that's going to come and support you and they're so happy for you. It, it's like it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. Right. Just mm-hmm. to know somebody from their hood made it out. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. You know, cigars and they treat you with love, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, so it's, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword. Mm. Right, wow. right. Um, okay. so, mm-hmm. so sorry to bother you again, but we have a Warren. A Warren, yeah, that's my guy from the BX. Now, Warren, I don't know if you really want to be on. I'm going to bring you on here. But uh, Warren, sometimes. Warren, Warren, he's yeah. like one of my. Me and, me and Warren go way, way back. Big, big Warren, country. Warren look like he could fight too. Dang. <laughs> Warren be lifting weights and all that. He's a, he used to be a, a puny guy when I met him, man. Wow. So like this. And to be honest with you, I think. I think me and Warren met. I was living in Parkchester. I was. I just got out of college. I was going to Westchester. Yeah, man. And we was in Parkchester, and he seen me knock out the first guy when he was at. A, we was going to this gym in Parkchester, and uh, this guy named Tony came up. He was like, you know, I want you to learn how to box. And I was like, man, I was a street fighter. I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna learn how to knock out somebody faster. <laughs> and then, uh, he put me in with some big guy. Some. Um, brawler guy and I knocked him out in the gym. It wasn't even a it wasn't even a real ring. We just had uh <laughs> right, right. Mat. the mat. The mat. <laughs> well, which knockout it, it was which crazy, knockout? you know. Which... He was like, I think you got something, I think you need to pursue it. So mm-hmm. uh I I met my my trainer who introduced me to boxing. His name was Abraham Davis. They called him Pops. He died in 2017. He was 102 years old. Wow. 
1914. Yes. Wow. He, yo, know, he, man, he, the pictures and the people I met, but outlived everybody. Wow. He outlived yeah. all his friends and his family. What was he, Italian? <laughs> no, nah, he was black. Oh, word. One or two, they live forever. <laughs> yeah, he was a good guy, man. black. He showed me a lot of love, and um, and you know, he just he was he was a good he was like he was a father, a friend, a brother, an uncle. He was everything that I needed for that particular moment. Mm. You know? How'd you meet Warren? Uh, he said. I met Warren. I met Warren in, in in a BX. I don't even remember how I met Warren, but Warren became like my brother. Uh, we 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 hung out a lot. Warren, he was in. I met you was in Parkchester, but how did we meet Warren? Yeah, do, do, twenty do knockouts later. You saw yeah. one of the twenty knockouts, but how did you meet? How did y'all meet, Warren? Warren how, did, how did how did how did we meet? Can you hear Can us, you Warren? Hear? You did, Warren. Yeah. I said, how did we meet? At the, at the gym? He said at that I think he said at the gym. Yeah, yeah, because you because you could tell you see he work out all the time. He he's buff. Yeah. All right. So like I said, so it was a guy named Todd who met there and um started boxing. And next thing you know, I uh, got involved with uh Abraham on um, Pops and he introduced me to um Jimmy Jimmy Glenn, who passed away, mm. and he introduced me to Jimmy Jimmy O'Far uh Jimmy O'Farrell from Star City Boxing Club. And life has changed from there. I just yeah. I started boxing in Brooklyn. I made that my hometown, and I was beating everybody up in the gym. I walked, I'm on all my amateur tournaments from the Golden Glove to the Nationals, and yeah. life has changed. I mean, guys was giving me, you know, Don King and Lenny Shaw and tell Jimmy. me that story about the about the Don King story. I read something about the five dollars, and he put out the, all that money, and you feel like I got money. Oh, yeah, he was like, he was like, he was like, yeah, he said, you know, Don, Don had invited a couple of fighters to his one of his birthday parties, and you know, he had this big house in Boca Raton with the with the with the water, and then you know, and he he shows us all this. Don got so much money and everything, and he was like, um, you know, something happened to the point where there's, um, um, he was like, you know, he got all the money won. I pulled out my pocket. And said, you got all the money. I got five dollars in my pocket, <laughs> you know. But Don, Don's a, he's a he was a good guy. Listen, at the end of the day, he's an icon. I get it. He don't have the best the best rap because what he does for a living, you know, boxing. He's bigger than boxing in his sight, and rightfully so. But at the same time, everybody that I had quarrels with in boxing, I'm I'm still friends with them to this day because I do understand the business of it. Right, it's not nothing I could take personal because at the same time they're doing it to everybody. It's not like they say, "Okay, we're gonna point out Monte and we're gonna take his money." You're taking everybody's money. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What I like. That's what I like about you. I mm -hmm. notice in all your interviews, you're always. Um, it's not just humble. What's the word? Um, you you notice that you don't you don't get um, disgruntled or throw shade because people are being shady. You just say, "Well, that's that's what they do. It's it's okay." Mm -hmm. I like Listen. that. But, I like that. Most people don't do that. They say, yeah, right. they wanted to rip me off or, you know. So well, listen, I've learned, the biggest thing I've learned in the Bible is pray for your enemies. <laughs> Once I learned how to start praying for the people that hurt me, mm -hmm. everything is easy. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yes. I have a very, uh, mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. had a very unbalanced life, a very hurtful life, a very, a lot of trauma. Yes. And I get it, like, because people only forgive you what they, what they have. That's right. right. 
And sometimes we pass what people right, have right. to get. So I just take it like this. Mm -hmm. I am blessed, right? My mm -hmm. ends, my outs, my comments, my gums. I'm blessed. I don't have nothing at all. I'm 52 years old with a six pack. No, I ain't got a six pack. I'm lying. I got a four pack. <laughs> a four pack? I got a four pack. Four, I got a three and a half pack. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I'm just happy to, I'm just happy to have a pack. I ain't even going to tell you about my airplane luggage. <laughs> Right. Life ain't that serious, right? Life ain't that serious. It's lessons, right? But now I'm in a, and it's lessons and it's losses. Mm. I took a lot of L's when right. I was younger. Now yes. I'm turning those L's from losses to lessons. Yes. I'm not taking. I'm 52 years old. And you said you how old, Monty? 52. Huh? That's crazy. I can't believe. No, it. I was saying you said you how old? 52. Wow. 52. Yeah, 52. And what? I felt. Yeah. yeah. See, look what. <laughs> That's what I call taking care of yourself. Look at me. I still got my hairline. I'm just happy about that. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Oh my gosh, they were losing their hair in their 20s. Oh, I just man. had I just had dreads and jays. I went through this whole 50, you know, this midlife crisis, right? <laughs> and I'm good, you know? Yes. Oh, God is mm -hmm. good. God is oh, good. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed, you know? So, you know, um, my whole thing is, my whole energy is I want to be able to be here for the next generation. I want to... I want to build them. I want to support them. We have a building that we yeah. purchased in, in St. George. We're making it a gym. The senator gave us six figures to start working on building the gym. So nice. we're working on building, getting the gym built up and starting workshop programs for the nice. community and for mm. the kids. Right? Where, where is St. George? St. George, South Carolina is right next to Somerville and St. Charleston. Okay, it's so a, it's down oh, south. Okay. Is there anything in New York? It's in, it's, um, it's in South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, is there anything in New York to link or the kids well, come? What, what I, well, right now, I live I live in Boston and I live okay. in South Carolina. So what I'm doing in Boston, I'm I'm about to start the same thing I'm doing here, which which is workshops. Good, good. Right, okay. so I'm connected with a, a nonprofit out there, and they put me together with some people and some um, organizations with, with with young boys who need help. So okay. I'm starting workshops in in Boston. And you know we're gonna have the main the main focus right now. The next five year plan for me is to get three gyms in this area. So I want to do uh, St. George's first, Orangeburg, and uh, somewhere in Somerville, but like a little town next to Somerville because they got Amazon just came up here, Volvo, BMW. Okay. Just they building this this whole area. Well, mm -hmm. is it, well wherever your location is, is it accessible to kids who, you know, really need it, like inner city kids? Because I, I would think there'd be something in Queens, especially like this, you know, Sutton Boulevard area, you know, because, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on out there. My cousin Prince Map is working with a lot of young people out there, which I'm very proud of him for that. But that's, mm -hmm. you know, certain areas, you know, anywhere, Carolinas, New York, wherever mm -hmm. you go, there's mm -hmm. little pockets of places that really could use yeah. the help. So you're just taking it one place at a time. Yeah, well, I, the good thing about here is it's I have a lot of visibility out here because of who I am and what I've done. Mm -hmm. And like I said, you know, yeah, what, what I've done is great. Mm -hmm. And that I'm still here, still thriving in my, my space. Now, what I'm about to do, I'm about to change the game when it comes to uh, amateur boxing and mm -hmm. these kids and how they perform and how they, mm -hmm. not just how they perform, but how they feel about themselves and how they don't have young men coming up and taking care of their family because everybody's not going to go to college. Mm -hmm. I understand that. 
in, in the building that, that we purchased, we are looking at getting um, studios, like we're gonna have classes there, but we also gonna have podcast uh, rooms. So mm-hmm. we're looking to uh, get music studios so we can have like a, a music studio so kids can do alternatives. So our, our people, we are very we are very creative and committed. Mm-hmm. Once we find a drive, we're gonna go for it. Yes. And, and this is not just for, and even though it's, it's, it's driven for our community, this right. is also open for everyone. Right. You know? mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Is us right? Yeah, yes. That's that's where it all started, you know, and that's where that's that's where I am. Right. Well, this is amazing. Um, tell me about your saying. What is it? Uh, you said something. Your quote: uh, "Boxing is not just the fight in the ring; it is the fight of life, mind, body, and spirit. The total connection to oneself." Exactly. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love it's that. A holistic approach, right? Mm-hmm. Because boxing, and probably that's probably what, probably why I did such so good in such a short time. You know, it's it's it's, it's you got to learn how to you know make certain decisions on the go, and when you, when you somebody throwing punches at you, you gotta you gotta make the you gotta bob, you gotta weave, you gotta duck, you gotta slip. You know, and this is what I I have I have a curriculum that I'm developing to put for after school program in South Carolina called BAB. Balance, mm. angles, and defense. Believe mm. all dreams. Right. Mm. Right. So, you know, this is um and this is for the after school that I'm working with the after school program directors right now. Mm. And this is what I hope to have in the next uh two years. Okay, nice. What what about um uh your book, Mr. Story? Please tell yeah, us about that. Mr. Story is about about a, a kid who uh um loved helping people. Mm-hmm. But he lost his identity in helping everybody else, and nobody ever helped him. Mm, wow! Never, oh, yeah. wow. Never, never, nobody never helped Story uh, tell his story, mm-hmm. but he never helped. So, what happened was, I, I was, I, I got, um, I do speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. I did, um, I did one in, at Fort Jackson in front of five hundred soldiers, and uh, we talked about, um, you know, we talked about vis- visualization about visualizing the victory, visualizing getting across the finish line. Mm-hmm. And then I did a speaking engagement in, um, in Columbia at the Small Business Administration. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I did a poem, I write poetry, right? And a lot of people was like, yo, can I, can I, can I, would you mind if I shared that with my class? It was like three teachers that was there. And then um, later on, my wife was like, you know, this is a really good poem, you should, you should write. You should turn this into a children's book. Mm, nice. So yeah, because well, that's powerful so. that you said that. Because in in life, um, like sometimes we get so caught up in helping everybody else. I know, like when you said that, I, I know me and you talked about Mr. Story, mm. you know, but I didn't realize the 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 depth of of that concept of that character because. When you just when you just gave it that aspect, when you just talked about that part, it made me think of myself. You know, mm-hmm. um, being in ministry, being in a church, being a counselor. Sometimes mm-hmm. I empty myself out so much that, you know, uh, I sometimes it feels like that. Like I don't, I like my story doesn't really get acknowledged. And then you know, and my mm-hmm. wife says that to me. She said, you know, sometimes you get in your spaces because you're not acknowledging your story you know and i've me and tanya have talked about that just in a different way too but that that mr story concept is powerful but you know um, what it's so crazy 
you said that because when I when I first came to Columbia and I, I, I bought a home out here, and I got a call from the mayor, and he was like, his name is Steve Benjamin, he's a great guy, and he was like, yo, um, you know, you he said, you know, you're a big fish in a little pond, and I know you humble, but tell people who you are because they never know, right? And then. Mm. Uh, I got hired to do this thing. And then, see, it was like, this is the, the the poem. There was a kid named Story who grew up hearing so many stories about himself that he didn't know which one to believe, the bad stories or the good stories. <clears throat> but Story had his own story, but he was always so afraid to tell it and found his energy believing all the stories he heard, which were mostly negative stories. And he went through life not building his own story to one day tell about himself and about how strong he was and what he overcame and what he accomplished and what he persevered through. He was very resilient and he helped everyone in their story, but never had support with help helping him build his own story, even the closest people to him. And a lot of the stories he heard about himself were just that, stories. His story became so distorted and confused about what was true or false and his value that he gravitated to the negative ones and his story was cut short because of all the stories he started to believe about himself. Mm. And most of our stories haven't even started and the mm. ones that did, the best is yet to come. The moral of the story for you, me, and story is to grab the will of your own story and learn how to create your story live your story and tell your own story and most of all love your story then you take the power away from people about all the stories they tell about you and you end up you're in all the stories because you're able to tell your own story with your actions and that story is victorious in your story mm, i like that i like that i like it wow, wow. It's wow. A, that's, a, yeah. that's very the, i know i'm gonna get my free copy <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get, you, uh, get your copy. We said we yeah, would support. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh this is made that book can be found at Barnes and Nobles and Amazon, correct? At Walmart, Target, and oh, Bill Books a Million. Okay. That's correct. Yeah. Books okay. Nice. Okay, so good. So mm -hmm. yeah, guys, go out and pick up that book if you can. Uh and share it with the kid too. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, yeah. you know. Um, you know, sometimes if, if we got the message, we need to pass it on to somebody else, you know, um, yeah. and sometimes you're, you're a vehicle to pass it to somebody else. So that's why we say share for that yeah. very reason, because you never know. Um, mm -hmm. but that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So what, um, out of all the things that you learned in boxing, what is the one thing that you hope one of your young people at the, at the nonprofit, uh, will, will get the most? Through boxing is so many, but if I had to go one thing, it would be um, there's no I in team. Mm. So, you know, this world was built, mm. us as a community, we mm. need a team. You know, uh, anything that's going to be successful in life, you need a team. A Fortune 500 company, mm. you need a team. You need good people to become your best, your best. You know, support is the uh, the anatomy of, of growth and you can only go as a, mm -hmm. um, far as your support system. Mm -hmm. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, right. I would, I would implement teamwork makes the dream work. Mm -hmm. So if yeah. I, if, 
if that's what that's what resonates with me when I think about what boxing has done for me, the good, the bad, and different. You know, I didn't get that far when I when I won, we all won, but when I lost, we all mm -hmm. lost. But we did as a team. Right, so right, right. So right. I would think that when you know, mm -hmm. okay. Oh. What you was about to say, uh, Rich? Oh no, I'm sorry. Um, oh no. So I was gonna say just the team. Oh no, no, I was gonna ask you. Um, Go ahead. I think he froze. There's a delay with with uh, yeah, that's what's going on. Okay. No, but Go I was ahead. gonna. I was just gonna ask you, Monty. Just, I just gonna. Uh, I was just gonna ask you. Um, with all the fighting, with all the fighting that you did, right? What, what did it feel like when you first got that HBO fight? When you, when when you was told, listen, you you know you got this HBO fight coming up, and you and and um. You know, you knew that day was coming. Like, what went through your mind? Is that is that when your change started mentally and spiritually and emotionally? Because I know that's a big event, and I know I saw it. You know, I saw you when you when you fought. But what what did what what went through your mind? And there's a reason well, why I'm asking that. I'll tell you. Okay, so um, I felt like it was supposed to happen, but I had a great uh, advocate who's on my side, Hal Letterman. So he used to come to my fights when I used to fight in the barns and Yonkers Raceway. And he was like, he was like, that money, man, that money got some hell of a punch, you know? And, you know, and, um, my trainer, Hal named me uh, uh, Two Guns and Hal Letterman made it famous because he said, um, and I fought on somebody, he said, that money, he shot that guy down like he had two guns. And boom, two guns stuck, right? But, you know, so, um, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, so I felt like it was. I felt like you know when he was coming, he said, "Man, I'm going to tell HBO about you. We got this young up and coming heavyweight, you know." <clears> and, I, and he said, I, "I love you, and my daughter loves watching you." I think his Julie, she was a referee at the time, uh, judge at the time, you know. So, um, how let him mm -hmm. bless me, you know? And that's the that's right. the that's the team. Right? Wow. I don't even know the guy, but he became a big fan, and he yeah. was true. I invited I invite him to my, my birthday party. I mean, everybody came out. I mean, the guy was, you meet so many beautiful people in the sport of boxing, mm -hmm. you know, gems, like mm -hmm. people who are just like, you know, just genuine people, yes. right? Yes. And, you know, and mm -hmm. people and mm -hmm. fighters, you know, we can relate to each other because we all come from the same space, the majority of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, That's you know, amazing. And and, and 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 boxing is just like yeah life. yeah it's a it's a fight yeah. it is a fight when we get up in the morning as black men we don't know if we're gonna make it home yeah definitely you know I know we just moving the bottom we you know we I'm right. I'm thinking I'll drink from a cup half full not half empty I feel like yeah okay I'm gonna do whatever but at the same time you know all our days are number but you know. Through the God, the God's grace, you know, we make it home because we are we are attacked as soon as we wake up in the morning by our thoughts. You ain't gonna you ain't you ain't gonna do this. You ain't gonna be that. You know, you got to do this. You got to do that. If you you're doing it mm -hmm. wrong, you gotta fight through that. That's why I pray every morning. That's why I meditate. That's why I read my scriptures. Not because I'm better than anyone. Because I need it. Right. Me, out of all people, I need God every day, all day. Yes. Throughout my phone, every hour, scriptures are popping in my phone just to remind me who I am. Mm, I like that. I just like to that. Remind me where I am and where I'm going 
and what I should be doing. Whew, that's powerful. I mean, I think we all need a, um, uh, um, I call it a text alert <laughs> for reminder to, yeah, about keeping our spiritual self always on point because with all the stuff going on in the world and then top that off with our past, our past, mm -hmm. you don't never know when something's going to pop up. You know what I'm saying? And, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm over 50 uh, and, and new things are popping up and I'm like, oh, but because I'm spiritually grounded, really nothing can really shake me because I, I know, I know who I am and I have God first in my life. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That whole concept is first for me over anything. Yeah. Uh, and so I get what you're saying. It's very and, crucial. And then and listen, we're not perfect and, and nobody's never going to be perfect. Right. But we have to be, we have to be intentional and we have to serve a purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. Like my word of the day, my word for today is if you can see it's at, let me see. Other way. Yeah. Right there. Today's how many? How many? It said uh, to words today two thousand six hundred. Oh, wait, two thousand six hundred ninety. Yeah, two hundred. <laughs> so I got a lot of notes. I, that's my journal. So daily, I've been doing this for ten years. I don't wow. like. I don't do it every day, but I do it the majority of the year. Right. You know, like I'm at three hundred and three days or four days for this year. I mean, wow. I miss some days, but yeah. you know, I'm I'm learning to. You know, if I don't stand for something, I'm going to fall for anything. And I still have a lot of work to do. Right, right. I still have a lot of work on myself to do. Oh, but we always do. So it's a work thing. in progress. But the good thing is, like, I can admit, like, I'm I, like, listen, I, I know, like, you know, I know because it's Christians out of all religion, right? Mm -hmm. We get attacked the most because, you know, we, you know, we're not as traditional as everyone else, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that's why I don't. I'm not holier than thou. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. I'm searching. I'm seeking. I'm, I'm I want to be found. I want to I want to do better. You know, when you know better, you do better, and that's where I am in my life, right? So you know, yeah. judge. You know, I, I try not to judge people. It's hard though. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we're human. That's true. You tell at least you're keeping it it's real. Hard, but you know, we're human. But I, you know, before you judge me, at least walk a mile in my shoe. Right. Right. And I think that's just a human factor, Monty, to be honest with you. I don't think there's a human being on the earth that will be telling the truth that they said that if 10 people walk in the room, that they don't have a thought already made up. Even mm -hmm. if it ain't true, exactly. I'm sure that we yeah. all start, hmm, okay, this is means that it's just human. But but to, to work on it and be in control of it, now that's another element. Mm -hmm. And that takes work. Yeah. And that's the part. And you know what? I, I think you're right, Tanya. And that's the thing that that I agree, I agree with you, Monty, because the Bible challenges us to allow God to develop our character, to do what Tanya is saying, to control our thoughts, to control our judgments, to control our desires for revenge or to be mad at a person. Because one of the things I'm learning as I get older um, is, is that forgiveness is for myself and everybody else. Because um, when I lost two of my family members in the street, you know, they were killed. Um, one of them, I just made it to speak to him again. I just wow. made it. And um, right before he got killed, you know, we we had a we had a good family moment with each other. And so when I listen to you, I'm like, yeah, you know, Monty is is correct. That Christian walk is is real because it challenges you to allow God to develop your character to a higher level. Because it's easy to hate to hate somebody. Love. You know, Smokey Robinson had a song called Fork in the Road. 
And one of the best lines he said, he said, it seems like love should be easier to bear, mm. but it's such a heavy load. Mm. And when and when I look at all the people that love me, that love all of us and the people that we love, that we try to be there for, love is hard because you have to care. When people mm. stop caring, it's for relief. Like, I don't, I don't want to care. So mm. I commend you on your journey, Monty, because you did mm-hmm. not have it easy. You know, um, you, you grew up in Queens, New York at a time where it was people was getting killed. Yeah. And you and still you know get mm-hmm. you I was gonna say, and the and the thing is, I love some people near and dear to me, but I love them from afar, right? Because I understand my weakness. I understand that they're my kryptonite, and I understand that me giving them a piece of me that mm-hmm. uh uh that I can't afford to lose again, right? Because like I told you, I'm not taking no more L's, right? Just lessons, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like I go to I go back and I go to this verse, one of my favorite scriptures in Psalms. I got a few of them. There's so many of them, but Psalm 71, 20 and 21, mm-hmm. when David said, He made me suffer a lot, but he'll bring me back from this deep pit and give me new life and take my sorrows away and make me truly great again. That is mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. The redemption in that, right? Yeah, of course. Right? Because you know, yes, we, amen. We, try to step and do things our own way yes. and you know and we think that's what God wants but we know in our back of our mind this is not of God no. mm-hmm. right? and we do it and then we get we get all filled with anxiety and stress and mm-hmm. and, and, and and just bury down on burden but he will mm-hmm. bring you back from this deep pit and he will give you a new life well, you know, I tell you, take your sorrow away. That is amazing. It, it is to me too. Jesus. I mean, I'm That's I'm right. a I'm a preacher's kid. I'm a preacher's kid, uh, and I'm a survivor of abuse. So that piece is a testimony for me too, because that's what got me through. People say, oh, how did you get through that? Mm-hmm. If you have God in your life, and if you're spiritual in your life, you can get through anything. There's exactly. nothing you can't. If you're still breathing, you can get through anything, literally. Right. Uh, so I think I'm so thankful to God that. That that is a thing, and that I don't have to rely on anyone, um, but him. That's it. And I tell my, I know I tell my wife all the time, like, like my life, my life is like I don't like to take life serious. I understand the most important thing I always tell her, I'm not in control of anything but me. That's I can't control mm-hmm. anything else around me. Nope. God gave me a spirit of discernment. Yeah. I use that the best way I can. Sometimes I could use it, sometimes I don't, but I need to use it more. But what I'm trying to say is. I has I have accepted that I have no control over anything else around me but Monte. How mm-hmm. I respond, how I react. Right. Mm-hmm. Anything mm-hmm. else is on guard. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's, that's a good message for young men too. You you being you being a fighter, Monte, and you being, you know, a survivor of hard times. When people see somebody as tough as you um talk about self-control as a man, I think that that's what that's what young males need to hear more of, especially young black males. But I remember when I made it to fight in Madison Square Garden, you were one of the people that I that I thought about and I was wishing I could, could have contacted you then because my brother Chud, shout out to Chud, he was going through a lot of stuff in the streets and I wanted you to be able to talk to him because there's a lot of similarities with you and him. Wow, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, yeah. you know it's, and, and, you, and you wouldn't believe uh, if I it's a lot of similarities with me and a lot of men. Like uh, I have a friend 
who uh, who who lives in Charlotte, and he's um, from New York, from South Jamaica, Queens. I, he grew up under me. He was younger than me, and mm-hmm. um, you know, just knowing that you know he went through a, a thing a thing with Deshaun Bell, you know, but uh, you know Deshaun Bell. Remember when Deshaun Bell got yes. killed, right? By the police. And, and um, you know, we all deal with our, our our. We still got trauma. Some of us know how to let it go. Like yeah. me, I'm at a space in my life. Like I make humor about my trauma, and I think it affects the people around me who didn't deal with their own trauma, right? So this is my way of dealing with my trauma. It's so like you know, if I'm gonna talk about it, I can I can joke about it because I make humor out of it. Like I'm I'm lighthearted. Like okay, you know, listen, I'll mm-hmm. say X Y Z, and I'll start laughing, and then you know, people get uncomfortable because right. they're not do understand that because it affects it. It's it's something that. I hit a nerve. Yes, mm-hmm. and they're not comfortable with their trauma. Right, right. and they haven't dealt with. Right. And, you know, and right. like I said, when my trauma came to me, I didn't realize that, you know, a lot of pe- women and people that I dealt with in my life, I I, I didn't love, I was trauma bonding with them. Right. I didn't know what trauma bonding wow. was until wow. I got in my 50s, right? But wow. That's what it was. I was trauma bonding because we all deal with trauma differently. Yes. And we all connect because, you know, our community is laced with trauma. Yes, it is. It's like Well, we, we have generational we, trauma from, yeah. from just, just from slavery alone, just that. Yeah. And then add yep. all the stuff that comes with being the, the great-grandparents being enslaved and the mentality they had to have, like, for instance, Boy, if you don't do this right, I'm going to beat you. Because if they didn't beat you, you might be found in a tree somewhere. You mm-hmm. see? Right. So that's yeah, a trauma. Yeah. Just all those little micro things are mm-hmm. just that plus what you're going through now. You know and what I want to say? I want to say, I know my mother's watching. And me and my mother, we had an up and down relationship. But I love my mother. My mother's my mm-hmm. first love, right? Mm-hmm. And she knows mm-hmm. I love her. So if she's watching, I love you, mom. And I mm-hmm. had to take in consideration Cause I don't, I, I, my mother think that I'm, I hold things against her. I have to take in consideration that my mother, she went through a lot of trauma in her life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She did the best she could with, with me. You know, it, it, for me, I feel like it probably could have been a better, but I don't know. But what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say is that I'm here for a reason yeah, exactly. and, I'm, and I got through it. So God had a special angel looking over me. So yeah, yeah. even like with my kids, I got I got I got seven kids and I got a, a stepson. I got Tiana, Ashanti, Shad, Brandon, Michaela, Zoe, and Gabrielle. And then Amani is my stepson. And mm-hmm. I love all of them, but I look at my kids. I I have introduced them to trauma, you know, through separations and through situations. And I gotta be accountable for that. And I'm working on that now, how I can close a gap and have a better, healthier relationship with my kids today. Right. Mm-hmm. You know right. Everybody's different. You know, you know, you know, women, y'all got around 20 personalities. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I only have 15. Oh, don't make don't make, make your don't make your wife throw something else at you now. <laughs> she just threw something else at me. She just Honey, where's, the, where's Donald Duck? <laughs> she threw the Mickey Mouse again. <laughs> Next time it's gonna be the Mr. T doll. <laughs> no, you're right, but you know one thing you said. Long as long she ain't shooting nothing at me, I'm good. You know, Monty, one thing one one thing you said um, when uh, and shout out to your mom because here's the thing that we must never forget: 
Thank you, mom, for birthing such a beautiful human being that is giving back the best way he knows how. That's, yeah. that's thank what you. we say. Thank, thank you for birthing Monty. Because guess what? Right. If you wasn't birthed, we wouldn't know none of this. Uh, right. I, I was going to say the same thing. Thank, thank you, mother, for birthing so I say thank birthing you, mom. Monty. Yes, yes. Well, you birthday Monty and, I, I, and the I way he's giving moms. back to the universe. God bless yeah, you. I, I love my moms and, and, and it's, everything is working out. You know, everything's about timing, right? You know, it's Absolutely. not all my time, it's on God's time. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and it's all a lesson, all of it. Yeah, yeah. All and that's why. Yeah. No more losses, just lessons. We in the, we in the, we in the 50s now. We, yo, we, we in the second half of our life. We got to be like, yo, listen, we're not taking no more losses. No losses. Only lessons. Right, lessons, right. So as long as those L's are lessons, I'll take them. And that's why I shared that with you, Monty, because the, the guy I grew up with, you know, we, we he's the one who helped help me learn boxing. Um, Chud, he was like a brother to me, you know what I'm saying? And and that's why, like, I, I still make connecting with you because, you know, he has his struggles, but I think hearing from somebody like you could could really help because, like I said. What I yeah, say, mm -hmm. work, right? Ain't no I in team. Yep. So that's the most important. Yes. Yep. So, so um, I know, you know, time is, I can't believe time is gone already. Um, and we, you're always welcome here. Anytime y'all doing something, you're not probably, please let us know. But okay. last, the last piece of advice you can give a young person watching now, seeing such a great as yourself out here, uh, still trying to make a difference in another arena. Um, what advice would you give to them right now? Uh, at, a, at that age, at a young age, I would say, don't don't be so hard on yourself. Allow yourself to make mistakes, right? And and get up and learn how to dust yourself off and say, mm -hmm. okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna try at it again, and I'm gonna do a different a different uh, have a different approach. So just you know, just don't don't be hard on yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Don't mm -hmm. hold on to it. Let it go. And you know, Jimmy Glenn told me this. It was so powerful when he told me I was about to fight. Um, I was about to fight Owen Beck. He mm. says, "Son, you sitting up here stressing. Life is more than just one day." Mm. Um, I said, I and you know, Jimmy, Glenn, "Jimmy Glenn is a legend," yeah. said, but it just hit me when he said, "Life is more than just one day." Oh, everything into that one moment of that that sparring and that training, and I was stressing. And he mm. says, "Son." Life is more than just one day. He didn't say nothing else. And I'm saying, what about tomorrow? And what about mm -hmm. next week? And I'm like, why am I stressing over this one day? Okay. I, got a, I got another day to get it right. I, I just started training camp for seven, like eight to nine weeks I was in there for. Wow. And, you know, but I was stressing that day. And he was like, and when he said that, it just hit me. That is that is so powerful. Like, it needs to be on a shirt because someone yeah. told me once, and this is weird, that this one statement triggered my brain to think differently. Mm -hmm. They said, um, as far as trauma, uh, they were like, so growing up, how many bad things happened to you and how many good things happened to you? And I was like, one very bad thing and millions of good things. So he was like, okay, focus on that. <laughs> I was like, well, well, dang. But when I thought about it, I was like, he's right. I took that one thing, blew it up, even though it should be, it's rightfully so. It wasn't like mm -hmm. just random, like I pricked my finger. It was mm -hmm. abuse, you know what I'm saying? So right. it was rightfully so. But had I known at a young age, like, okay, so let's get through this. Let's work on ourselves and go to the next step. Instead of focusing on that and this, just re-traumatizing myself over and over and over again, 
I didn't think of it. I was like, but you have like great neighbors, great people, mm -hmm. great things happen to you. You have your, your parents are great. I mean, there's other things. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that. So that statement is very much in line with that. Like focus mm -hmm. on, you know, you got other you when I tell you a little something, right? When I got on, I was intentional about not talking about my trauma, but talking about more about my redemption. You know why? Because people need to hear about the redem the redemption part, right? Mm -hmm. Because we all go through trauma, but there's 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 a, a finish line, mm -hmm. and the finish line mm -hmm. is called redemption. And mm -hmm. when you cross the finish line, everything that you went through is going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. and you're going to be able, and you're going to get closer to God. And like when you said to me, what I'd be able to tell people, see, it's different levels. I can't tell a kid, you know, 10 years old or 16 years old, I could preach to them and live by example, but I can't, I can't really pull God into them like that. Right. right. But I can be an example of God's love. Yes. Right. And of the word. But as you get older, then you start changing. Like I didn't, I didn't, I knew Christ. I didn't, I didn't know God until my, for myself, until I was like 20, 20, uh, until 2000, whatever, however old I was, right? Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say to you is that, you know, when I was younger, yeah, I went to church here and there, but, you know, I didn't know I had a call in open my life. I didn't know I was mm -hmm. anointed. I always hear kid, strangers to say, oh, that's, that's, that's one of God's favorite. He's anointed. And I'll mm -hmm. be like, who's that stranger? You know what I'm saying? But I didn't know. But as I got older, people still tell me that. Right. Mm -hmm. and everywhere I go I stand out and it's a gift it's a curse but I, I use it as a gift the reason I said because just the way God is blessing you the enemy is right on his tail trying to disturb oh, yeah. and take that away from you all the time yeah. right? you did it to Jesus all the time, yeah. all the time. well yeah. thank you so much Monty for all these beautiful lessons that you're giving us and and uh and um you know, if anybody's out there watching and, you know, young people, um, check out their, uh, check out his website, uh, House of Champions. If you can donate, donate, because it's a great cause. Uh, I, I know we all know a kid that's in distress somehow. Mm -hmm. Stuff like this is what we need, stuff in the community. And I know that some people don't really want that, but this is someone that's putting their money where their mouth is. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right. you got to support that. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're really sincere about wanting to help young people, then you want to support organizations like this because that's how you help young people by giving them options. Yes. That's, that's yeah. the only way. You can't say, oh yeah, you should, you could, what nobody cares about that. Mm -hmm. I need yeah, an option. Right. What is my option? And this is an option. There's many options coming up. So please, if you can, uh, and I don't usually do all that, you know, pandering for everybody, but this, <laughs> I, I'm, I believe in this cause, houseofchampions.com. Go yes. and donate whatever you can. Five dollars. Houses with an S. Houses. Houses. Oh, excuse me. Houses. houses sorry. Houses of Champions. I guess yeah. it's two Go to that website. Check it out. Yes. Check out Mr. Story too. Yes. Yeah, houses of Champions. I, I spelled it right. I just didn't say it right. So my bad. I apologize. But awesome. please go and donate. And if you can pick up the book, uh, Mr. Story, uh, you can catch it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. I mean, it's everywhere. Just Google it. It's, it's there. I Googled it to make sure so you can find it. Um, hit me up if you're not sure. Go check out their Facebook page, uh, Instagram page. Show some love. You know what I'm saying? This is what we got to do as a community is stop, put, stop talking the talk and walk the walk. So if you're about mm -hmm. helping young people, let's see. Go make a donation. It could be $5, no matter what it is. You know, what if $5,000, $5, same things, took the same work to get it. So, so do yeah, yeah, do something yeah. for these young people because- 
man, yeah. they hurt right now at all areas and, and, and all yeah. colors, by the way. Yeah, okay. yeah. But I but I'm glad you said that, Tanya, because we gotta help those who are doing the work. So many times, yes. like you said, Tanya, people in the community complain or why mm -hmm. nobody doing this, especially they love complaining about black men. But here you yes. have a black man, Monty Barrett, who's going out his way to give back. Give that brother some support. Yes. Donate to his cause. Mm -hmm. Support him. Support yep. the people who got boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. We don't do nothing sometimes but criticize these people or we we see them doing the work and we just leave it to them. No, support Monty Barrett's cause. Yes. He is helping the next generation of kids. Support, donate, support that brother. Yes, yes because I'm, I'm so tired of people, you know, and that's cool. You know, everybody got their thing they like, but you're going to go buy all these albums, rap albums that talk about killing each other and spend mm -hmm. mad money on that. Spend mad money on sneakers that you're going to wear like probably like maybe two Lingerie. months. Lingerie. You know, all this crazy <laughs> stuff. And I'm not saying you don't deserve that because you can spend your money on what you want. But I'm just right, saying, right, right. like, as a society, yeah. we're never going to get better if we don't put our money where our mouth is. We're never going to get you, better. I'm going to tell you one quick story. This everybody's famous story, favorite story of mine in boxing. Then, um, okay. So what okay. happened was I was out of boxing for three years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I met Stan Hoffman. He gave me $50,000 on a handshake deal. And he, then my career became better than it was the first, the first career of boxing. Mm -hmm. And I had to fight Eric Kirkland on ESPN main event. And, and, um, and, uh, well, well I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> so I fought him. I, I went to New Mexico okay. before ESPN New Mexico. And Eric Kirkland was talking so much junk. He was a, a Brooklyn fighter. He was mm -hmm. talking about how he was going to knock me out, how he was going to do this, that, and other. And he was, he was, he was just about to sign with Joe Messi. Okay. The fight Joe Messi. That's how I got the fight with Joe Messi. Maybe Joe Messi. So, yeah. I was off for three years. So the first punch he hit me, he had hit me so hard, he split my whole mouth open inside and out. My my my, it was hanging out, and I was like, I am not built for this. I'm out. I was trying to look. I was looking for a way to lay down. I mean, he mm -hmm. from all the pole, and I was just trying to. I wanted to make it look good, right? right. You know, I hit a good shot. <laughs> We get to round twelve, and I, this guy, he beating me up so bad. I said, "Man, let me just let me let me just let me just knock this guy out." And I knocked him out, and I got oh. to do the fight. But ah. talking, I was looking for a way. I was, I was, I had in my head. I had already rehearsed how I was going to fall and roll over and make this whole theatrical <laughs> act about me getting knocked out. Oh you know? no! He, he he kept beating me from pole to pole. And every punch he hit me would hurt so bad. Oh man! He was like seven years or eight years younger than me, and this guy had heavy hands. Mm. But mm. God seen fit something else because I didn't. I didn't quit. I knocked him out, and then I got the Joe Messi fight, mm -hmm. which I won the fight, but I lost it. But HBO loved the fight so much they gave me another show, and I fought wow. Dominic Gwen. He was the best, the next yes. great heavyweight since Riddick Bowe, and I annihilated him in his in his hometown, and. Mm. Boom, life changed from there. And I went from being not even on the radar to rank number three in the world to wow. being number one in the world. Wow. See, yeah. look at God. That's all God. That's that all is God. amazing. Wow. Yeah. And never give up. That's the bottom line. Yeah, never give up, even yeah. when it hurts. Yeah, even when it hurts. <laughs> right. I know. Oh, my. I was thinking about that. What's your worst injury you ever got yeah. before well, we go? I, I, I mean, my, I had to get stitches inside and outside to hold my. It, it was so deep because it, and I don't know what the mouthpiece. And when you don't get hit for a long time, your your, your body doesn't do well to the punches. Right. Even though it's yeah. sparring, 
in boxing, but when you're in there with those little gloves and they pounding on you, it hurts real bad. Yeah. Oh, and, man. But then you get conscious. If you get older, you get conscious. When you're younger, you feel like you like, you like I can I can get through anything. Right. But when you get in your thirties, mm -hmm. you start meeting kryptonite. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, well, right. thank you. Know what? You got to write a book about that part. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The what? Up. what uh, no, just yeah. like what uh, what boxing has done to me now at fifty. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, no. But I, I could never. I, I, I mess up. Blessed, but no. Yeah, I, I, I would miss it at all. I can't. I, I, I don't write. <laughs> That's another thing, and I, and we're really gonna go after this. Um, that I liked about you when the guy said, uh, "What was it? Your last fight?" And he said. Uh, so can we can't convince you to stay around? He's like, no, I'm retiring. I was like, yeah, this guy is smart. Yeah, my bad. I, I done knocked out would... 20 times already. That's enough for you to know. And I exactly. done did how many fights? 40, I think it was 40, 40 fights. I forgot how the stats I have, I had 48 fights, 50 fights. I, I lost count, but it was a lot. Yeah, but I had a daughter. My daughter's about to be born. I was like, I want to be able to have a conversation with her and talk to her and raise her. I don't want to be like, hey, how you doing, baby? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a comedian too, I see. Oh my god, sound like Sylvester Stallone just now. Oh my god, you know, I just wanted to have a break That's hilarious. So, we better get you out here before your wife starts throwing more Mickey Mouses at you. I'm oh, telling right. you, thank you for, for the time she let you. We have you. Tell her to say hi. Come say hi. Yes. Oh, I'll say hi. Oh. And listen, she listen. She hate when I talk about her, but she is a Harvard graduate. Yes. She's All right. I saw she, that. she got the Harvard Hero Award. Ooh. She's a she's, a she's a deputy at MIT. Oh, beautiful! She has a Harvard. It's called Tracy Jones. Uh, um, oh. Cornell, Cornell Stewart won uh, Cornell West won the award. Oh, Cornell oh, won. Wow. Uh, well, yeah, right. So. Black Queen, look at the Black Queen. Wow, look at you. you are so beautiful. God bless you, so, sis. God so, bless you. So let me let me ask you this question: You the one that tamed Monty? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you see him throwing Mickey Mouse's at him. He's not tamed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to tame. It's hard to tame a, a, a animal who's not caged. Right, right. If I was caged, maybe she could tame me, but I'm not caged. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, that's well, beautiful, man. You. But God bless y'all. Yes, yes. Uh, thank, thank you. you, thank you so much. I appreciate you, and thank you for the Mickey Mouse moment. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, we yeah. needed that. We need humor in our lives at all times. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, what yeah. I say. Nothing yeah. is too serious. Sure. But you did well, Monty. You did well. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Wait. Yes. Yes. Awesome. So yes. we thank you so I much. I mean, we can't even tell you how much. We really thank you so much for for um, for taking the time. I know you're busy, and for and for the work you do with the kids, man. I can't. Uh, yeah. From my heart to yours, thank you very much. You and your wife for doing oh, yeah. big God things bless you, brother. in God the boxing you, community. I mean, just yeah. brilliant. Sure. I hope I hope you get billions of dollars. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Everything for these kids. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Yeah. God bless you. Yes. Thank yes. you. Yes. yes. So, guys, um, yes. Any hmm? last requests before I, said, I before we head out? Emma, what you say? I said, I said, won't he do it? Yeah. I talk about God. All the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Won't he do it? That's the famous, yeah, yeah, yeah. All but the I'm going to connect with you when we, when we get off camera, Monty. Uh, um, I'm going to follow up with All you. Right. Yeah. So, hold on one second. Don't, don't leave yet, Monty. We're just going to end the show. And so, you guys out there, thank you so much for, for watching us. 
again, and this is our last show of the year, but very important show. So share because yes. somebody might be inspired. That's why we don't care about ratings. Absolutely. Remember, we only care about sharing because yep. it's caring. So let's do sure, that. Sure. And um, yeah. and don't go get the book if you can. Check out the website. Do what you can. Donate if you can. Please do. It's the end of the year. You know, nonprofits, they'd be writing that off of the taxes at the end of the year. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This is time for you to dump that money. Dump that money over there. Uh, but I appreciate you guys. Seriously, my viewers, you guys are the bomb. I got to meet one of you today. Joe, thank you very much for lunch today. I appreciate you. God bless you. And um, Emma, I see you. I see Lena, Letha. I see all you out there. Thank you. And to, to your fans, thank you for coming on and checking us out. We appreciate you. And uh, don't forget, please... Um, We'll be back for the new year starting after January. For the, the week after, we'll be back with a new show. So hang out, Monty. One second. Bye, guys. Bye.